There's a need for all kinds of advocates. There's a need for every kind of story. Hey, hey, friends. This week is part two with Margie from Girls Eat Food 2. If you haven't already, please take a listen to part one so you can find out more about Margie. Since this is a two-parter, I won't go super deep into intro here. This episode is focused on her journey to advocacy, how she thinks diversity is the key to that type of education. And we also, there's an extra sneak peek in there we mentioned next week's guest. Hope you enjoy the rest of this conversation. I want to know how and like how you got the idea to start like mm-hmm. social media that caters to educating and what like how long have you been running that? So account? I think I, I officially started it. It wasn't Girls Eat Beef 2 at first, but um, I officially started it in like fall of 2017, maybe spring of 2018, right around there. I don't know for sure. And it had started out actually so the way I got involved into the industry was I, you know, got my master's of beef advocacy certification and my beef quality assurance certification. And then I was, I was accepted into the young cattlemen's leadership program in Alabama. And that's thanks to my stepdad because my stepdad was very connected in that industry there. And so that was really my foot in the door. And following right after that, I competed in the college Aggies online contest, which is, it, you kind of learn how to advocate on social media and you get judged for it essentially every week for like a whole semester. And each week you have different competitions or different subjects, I guess, to advocate for. And you have specific platforms that you have to post on. And then someone from the industry will judge these people's posts and say, oh, this, you know, these were the top five out of the posts that I saw because you know, they did this well or this well. And um, so I competed in that. And that was really the first time I had experience advocating on social media. Um, You know, I had started taking photos of my stepdad's cows while I lived there and posting some, you know, facts and stuff about them on my Facebook. But I didn't really know a lot of things about social media advocacy or growing a following of any kind, you know. And um, when that competition was over, I I was in, I placed eighth out of like hundreds of people. And um, that really kind of made me feel like, oh, this is like a good place for me in the industry. Like I I kind of know where I belong. And so that spurred me starting my own advocacy platform. So back when I was young and naive, I thought that I was going to enjoy cooking more at that time in my life. And so my page was called girl in a grocery store. And it was just going to be kind of me like this single college girl that was going to help people like navigate their food buying and food selection and cooking and and preparing beef. And I was very, very dumb at that point because there is no way I even cared remotely about any of that. And which is bad for me to say, but like for, for myself, I did not want to cook. I didn't like, I, well, I, I don't want to be in the <laughs> kitchen at all. And I, now I pay attention more to like the foods I'm buying, but even then I'm obviously not picky on labels and things like that. Like I don't fall for all that marketing. I'm not eating organic things. Like, so for me, I'm, it's, food is food. Like I'm going to buy what I want. And so at that point I was like, 
you know, trying to be something that I really wasn't right. And trying to fit this, um, mold, I was really trying to fit like, you know, a, the ranch wife kind of life. And there, there was no way I was ever going to be that. I kind of abandoned the page for a while. I got discouraged, you know, there was just like, I couldn't find content. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And it was in spring of 2019 that, so I'd abandoned the page for about a year. In spring of 2019, um, the Masters of Beef Advocacy program opened up the top of the class applicants or applications. And that was something that I had been trying to become a part of for like, you know, couple, well, they had at that point, they had like two different top of the classes each year. So I had tried applying for it like three times, I think, and was rejected every time, which is understandable because I was not a great advocate then. And so in spring of 2019, when they opened them back up again, I was like, I'm going to try. And so I really picked up my advocacy. When I was actually accepted into that program, we went to Denver for three days and, you know, I met with nine other advocates who were selected and we were trained on social media advocacy and, you know, forming our messaging and reaching consumers and things like that. And we had these discussions usually at the end of the day about just different things when it comes to social media and like developing our brand. And I remember sitting in the room with, um, oh gosh, we had so many people like Ryan Goodman at that point was, you know, working for NCBA and, um, Ren Pacheco. She was part of that class. I had a lot of women who are pretty good advocates who are a part of there, of that class. And, you know, I just started thinking like, okay, girl in a grocery store, that's just not me. That's not something that I'm going to be able to develop and, and use. And so I actually, in those like three days, I just randomly came up with Girls Eat Beef too. And that stemmed from the fact that when my, you know, then boyfriend, like now fiance, when we would go out to dinner, I would always be ordering a cheeseburger or something and he would order a salad, no joke. And they would, the waiters would come up and assume that I was going to eat the salad. And I was like, don't feed me that crap. And so I was thinking, you know, girls, girls eat beef too. Like girls love steak. Girls want a juicy cheeseburger with bacon on it. Like it's not just men who want those things. And I was kind of feeding off of the whole like female empowerment and, you know, trying to connect myself to the outside world, right? That was kind of where that stemmed. And so that's how that was um, created. And um, I had a lot of friends who just shared my page and shared my messaging. And that's what really helped me to um, get my following up because in the spring of 2019, I had like 700 followers. Um, So it was, um, I have almost, Oh, let me check. I can pull that up. I have, oops, I thought I was on the page here. Um, I have <laughs> 6,600, just over 6,600 now. So, um, and I'm, you know, growing each day on that. So it's just been quite a journey, but yeah, that's kind of how it developed. It's a long story, but that's really how I got here. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was like a whole thing for advocates to 
essentially get trained in how to talk to people on social media. Yeah, and that was you know thing. what? There are actually a lot of people who don't. And um, honestly, the only way I was able to really get connected to that was through NCBA and, you know, my involvement with like my local cattlemen's. That's what my, my page too, like I hope to connect people to that more because that's how you know, there are a lot of things that played into me getting to where I am today, but I would have not been able to be as successful if I hadn't had that foundation. Um, you know, masters or masters of beef advocacy is like just great because I learned so much about the industry there and it's basic knowledge, but you know, that's something that a lot of people, they don't know how, like what to advocate. Sometimes it's overwhelming because it's like, where do you start? And programs like that really help you to like understand this is what the consumer is worried about. This is, you know, how you can connect to them. And this is what you should say. And I break from that a lot. Like, I think it's good to not follow that, like, like religiously, but um, it's good to have that foundation and knowledge because you're going to become a more effective advocate with things like that. So, and masters of beef advocacy, well, top of the class was too. They're both free, but um, you know, top of the class you have to be accepted into that but um but there it's like it's free and you can it's simple to to do that back in the day I had a lot more time than I do now but um you know I do try to share that with people like this is how you can get more involved in this and this is how you can become a better advocate yeah I didn't realize it was like a whole it's a whole it's a whole thing. And it, it, it can be very political. There are a lot of advocates out there that I love and I know, but it's definitely like, you know, that there are the top advocates out there. And then there are like people like me that are just kind of like right in the middle. And then there are people who are still trying to grow their following. Right. And I want to be that voice for like the people who are just starting out and the people who are not sure where to go or how to start. Um, because I think that we need more voices. We need more diversity in there because we have a lot of great top advocates, but I think that to be effective, we need more people at that level and we need to help boost all these people up. And you continue to see the same people's messages all the time on your timelines or, you know, in different parts of the industry. And I think that it's good to have other voices in there and people from different perspectives in there, because that's, what's going to make the industry stronger and, and really give consumers a way to connect to more people. So that's kind of my goal with advocating and trying to reach beginner or young farmer and ranchers or advocates who are just starting out. My goal is to help get them started and, and help them launch and like get their voices heard too, because they are just as important as the people who have 30,000 followers. Yeah. And I think it, uh, agriculture is like kind of inherently political, but I can see why it would be intimidating when you see, you know, someone who has 600,000 followers, that's like a top influencer in agriculture that is an educator and they're sharing stuff that's like very strongly politically worded. So like with the beef out day mm -hmm. that happened in Colorado or meat out, I don't know if it was beef or meat, whichever, um, that happened in Colorado, like if that was your first exposure to agri like agriculture influencers or advocates mm -hmm. online that's really intimidating yes it can be kind of yeah. scary and like heavy topics like that which kind of comes back to like the memes and stuff I create like it I 
it's hard to connect with people sometimes in that sense um, when you're talking about really heavily impassioned things or things that are very controversial because either people are going to like it or they're not. Right. And so like my memes, I hope that things like that can kind of help break that tension a little bit. And I still obviously get people who disagree with everything on the page, but, um, but for the most part, I think I just hope that people find a little bit more humor in it and, and feel less intimidated, I guess, by the messaging. Yeah. I'm like, I love that there's, there's tons of people in our, you know, greater community who are that impassioned and that make really, really strong statements. But I also think there's a very strong need for people like you who are kind of like in the middle or who can like also spread a similar message while keeping it like fun and a little bit light because it's not as scary for someone who doesn't. Yeah. And, and that, I like how you say that because yeah, there's like, there's a need for all kinds of advocates. There's a need for every kind of story. And we need those people who are going to kind of get in your face about things. And we need people who are going to have a little bit less aggressive messaging. We we need people who are from all sides of the argument and from all sides of agriculture to help tell that story. Because ultimately, like any good advocate is going to say like, it's your choice. Like we're trying to defend our choice too, but we just want you to be educated on all the sides of it. So then you can make an educated decision. So that's why I think we need that diversity because then it helps people, you know, find exactly what is going to fit them the best, what, you know, who they want to follow the most or what story that they want to connect with, or, you know, they will connect with. So yeah, like everyone belongs in it. But sometimes I know as like someone who is up and coming in that, I guess if that doesn't make me sound too cocky, but I hope that I relate to people who are struggling to like grow their following or struggling because they're like, what's the point? Like, you know, I can't, I can't get people to like my stuff or people to interact with my stuff or if they're discouraged because of content creation, because honestly, like this page is not a full time job for me. And uh, while I've been able to monetize it very minimally, it's not something that is even, I put way too much work into it for what I'm getting back essentially. Um, But you know, (laughs) people get discouraged all the time from that and then they quit and that's what I've done. And there are many times, many weeks where I'm like, oh, I have nothing to say, or this person had a really great message and I don't have content like that. And I know what it's like to struggle in that sense. And we all do, right? But sometimes I think it helps coming from someone who has less of a following. Like I think it helps others who are trying to grow their following connect a little bit more and realize that, hey, you know, yeah, I'm here right now, but I could be there in a year if, you know, I can figure out my messaging or figure out what my niche is. And so I I just hope that like I can empathize and connect with people that way and be that inspiration to like keep telling your story, just figure out how you should be telling it to connect with people. For me, I, this podcast is a lot of work. It's not just, I mean, it's not just like the interviewing, it's hunting down guests, getting the balls to reach out to them. Then once they agree to come on, then it's doing the research into their background and doing all of the social media stalking. And then it's actually sitting down for the interview. And then it's doing all the sound editing and then 
drafting social media posts, creating all the content that goes online, then actually releasing the episode and continuing to do promotion after that. It's a lot. So I can relate to the putting in a lot more than what you're getting out. Then sometimes you do start to feel discouraged when you're like, oh, well, I I got five listens on this episode and I spent Mm -hmm. 30 hours getting it ready. But then sometimes I will, I'll get on my social media and I'll scroll through stuff and like, I'll see like something funny that you've posted or like an educational post that, um, you know, Brandy Buzzard has posted. She does. She is really great at talking to people and making things digestible and easy to understand. Or I'll see, you know, a post from like one of my other friends in the industry. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I do. That's why I do it is because I love sharing this with other people. It just kind of like fills you back up when you see other people sharing content that like serves you as well. And I think too, like it, so it's hard for me when we all, I think we all tend to compare ourselves a lot. Right. And so it's hard sometimes when like you see people getting more likes on something when you're like, I put a ton of effort into this and I'm not getting anything. And so sometimes it can be emotionally um, discouraging. And I've definitely like, I've learned that, you know, everyone has their journey and everyone struggled in different ways and people connect to other people in different ways. And me, the way I connect with people online is just very different from a lot of other people. I, I never want to have to fake an interaction with someone. I never want to force anything. And so sometimes I'm just not very interactive or engaging on my social media because I just, if I don't really want to be, I'm not going to be. And I know that struggle, that, you know, has kind of ruined things sometimes for me when I'm trying to grow my page or trying to make connections because I just don't force it at all. And the other people are really great at doing that. Other people are really great at creating more engaging content and things like that. And so it's just, it, we're all struggling with different things, but it is good to like be able to connect with other people like Brandy Buzzard and um, all these other advocates that I know that like I follow them for a long time, but it wasn't until I like actually yeah. connected with them that I felt like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually doing a pretty good job. Like now I'm, I, you know, interact with Brandy on social media quite often, but it took me, it's, it's kind of like when you messaged me for this interview and you're like, I had to get the balls to do it. It's like, sometimes you have to just break down that barrier and it's hard to break down that barrier. Sometimes there are just definitely like times when I'm like, no, I'm going to stay in my shell and I'm just going to, you know, not push anything. And sometimes that's damaging, but it does help to have other people to be inspired by. And my goal too, with like my pages too, also share other people's posts. Like, um, if people are tagging me, I love when people tag me and stuff or when people reshare my stuff and I want to share it onto my stories because like, I want, I want them to get some engagement. I want them to get some eyes on their posts or something. And I think that that's really important part of advocating is like creating that community, but it's hard to create that community. That's a big part of it is like, you have to you have to make other people feel important sometimes and you have like make them matter and make them feel like they matter. And that's hard to do sometimes for someone like me, who's like 
just way too sarcastic and like introverted and also kind of like mm, people. So, you know, it's just a struggle. We all struggle with different things. Yeah. And it's the one thing that's been really great specifically about like, for me, my format since I do a podcast is like, okay, I've already approached this person. I've always had already had like a conversation with them. I'm like, now, I mean, now that we've like talked, I know you, I'm like, okay, I can, I know I can always get on her Instagram and I'll look through her post and be like, yes, I agree with this. And yes, this will make me feel good. And so I have like this little mental list of like, and a lot of it's people who've like been on the podcast, like um, Jason from Ag State of Mind, bringing him up because you mentioned him, I think yesterday or whatever on your Instagram. Um, I know I can, if I go on his Instagram, he's going to have content on there that even like, if I'm having a shitty day, He's going to be talking about like mental health and having a shitty day and how to like start pulling yourself out. And that type of content makes me feel good. So I know like he's my podcast friend. Mm-hmm. I can go look. Yes. At he's a great guy. I met him at CattleCon. Um, gosh, it's, it was the beginning of 2020. And um, he's been like a great connection ever since. He's someone, he's just a good person and you can rely on him. But it's like, I like how you talk about that because um, who is it that, I follow her on Instagram, Farmhouse Creative Marketing. She, I actually wrote a guest blog for her um, last year, but she has posts where she, she talks about like comparing yourself to other people and how, you know, you may like what someone's posting, but if you feel like you're comparing yourself to that person, if you feel like envious, or if you feel like every time you see their stuff that you are discouraged or you become more, uh, not depressed, but like sad when you're seeing their posts, then unfollow them or mute them for a little bit. Follow the people who inspire you. Follow the people who you know are going to make you feel good and make you want to do better on your page. Not people who make you feel like, oh, I'm dreading seeing this person post, which is a negative way of looking at it, I think, but it's a realistic way of looking at it. Like we're all going to compare ourselves sometimes. Well, at least people with my personality type, you know, but right. it's good to follow people who inspire you and who will be there if you have questions or who will be there to help you help you out, essentially. Because like I said, it's all community. Like even with my my own heifers, everything's surrounded by your community and the people who are your support system. And, you know, that's kind of just an important part of being an advocate. It's not just, this is me telling my story and it matters. It's, these are all the people that are helping me tell this story and we all matter and we're all connected. And um, that's kind of the cool part about it. For being an introvert and someone who like doesn't identify as a people lover, I definitely like, I love the community that I have with social media and and with that, um, you know, part of my life because there are people I text all the time and I'm like, Hey, this, like when my page was attacked by activists and I was just like, Hey, I am freaking out right now. Like, what do I do? Like I had so many people reach out and help me and that's important because that's, what's going to help you be successful. Yeah. Hey, this is Sophia Solzner, owner of the Western Cup specialist and founder of the punchy posse. As a former guest of the Ranch Collective podcast, I can genuinely say I hope you are loving this episode and become a regular listener if you're not already. Harley graciously provided me this opportunity to talk to you real quick, so I wanted to tell you who I am and what I do to see if I can help you. I work exclusively with Western and rural women who own a business, whether online or in their hometown. 
I spent four years developing social media strategies through hands-on experience with clients all across the country. I took these proven strategies and seeing a need in the Western industry decided to serve my babes, my Western and rural women, and support them on their journey to being a successful business owner. At the Western Job Specialist, I offer one-on-one coaching and strategy sessions, Shopify website design, social media management, and a slew of trainings. My most popular program right now is called the Punchy Paycheck. The Punchy Paycheck is a monthly membership that includes a live training each month on a topic chosen to help you grow and maintain your business, a live Q&A session, and a private group chat exclusive to Punchy Paycheck members. All this is valued at over $300, but to allow as many Haas babes as possible to participate, it is only $29 a month. This program is a perfect first step to growing your business, or an amazing accountability tool to keep you pushing yourself past the level you've already reached. If you'd like to sign up, you can head to thewesternshopspecialist.com. You can also find out so much more about me and my business on my website and a direct link to join the Punchy Posse, which is a group exclusively for Western and rural women business owners. I would also love to connect with you on any of my socials. You can find me on Instagram at Sophia Solzner or at the Punchy Posse and also on Facebook, just the Western Shop Specialist. I look forward to chatting with you and I really hope you enjoy the rest of this episode with Harley. Do you know any by any chance what your Enneagram yes. oh, type 100%. is? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm a four. Okay. I was wondering. So a lot of like the way you're like describing yourself is the way that I describe myself. So I was curious if we were the same Enneagram type. <laughs> we're not. Oh, I'm okay. Um, I think that's what my fiance is actually like we took it one time and I can't remember what is what is number seven that's like the so I'm a seven wing eight technically and it's the adventurer but it's really funny so one of my best like photography friends is also a seven wing eight but she's super extroverted so we have like tons of similarities but then she's like let's actually go do stuff and I'm like "Mm, let's not (laughs) so it's funny because I think like I don't know fully how Enneagrams work but like there are a lot of ways that the numbers are connected in different ways. And so like for, you know, not being extroverted or like, you know, not wanting to go out and do a lot of social things, like that's very similar for a four. Right. But I'm like very, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a four is very rare where the individualist. I hate the Enneagram four description because it's always very dark and like I'm really not a very dark person I can be a negative person but I'm not a dark person I don't like listening to sad songs in a dark room all the time you know I definitely like have a brighter personality I just don't have a lot of social energy and I think just the most that I identify with four is that I love, I'm more about creativity. I'm more about being unique and, uh, you know, reflecting on the past or, um, you know, just thinking about the past a lot. I think that's how I connect to it. But otherwise, a lot of those things are dark. And I'm like, why am I a four? Like, no one's a four. So I'm really, I hate it. Yeah, I don't know anybody off the top of my head. The only people I know that are fours are like, well, Instagram influencers that are like creative people. And I'm like, not even on your level. So I'm, I'm unsuccessful as a four as it is and so I just feel like I'm in this weird like circle outside of everyone else like I feel like a misfit which has literally been my entire life but you know it's I've taken the test so many times trying to be like okay maybe I'm maybe I'm happier today maybe I'm gonna be like a six or something but no it's always a freaking four okay that's like me with my Harry Potter Hogwarts house because I'm like the biggest Harry Potter nerd so I like got sorted into <laughs> Slytherin house which is like 
super ambitious but like obviously in the novels they're painted Mm -hmm. as like these dark evil people no I'm just very ambitious and I like I really do value ambition in other people and I value like intelligence and cunning in other people I was like but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person (laughs) yeah I think I have a do you know Katie Schrock um I found her on Clubhouse which is how I found your Clubhouse group um I found her on Clubhouse and she's like next on my to reach out to list because she hosts that big group out there and I'm like she looks yes Katie is amazing she's kind of been my mentor like we have a funny story because when I was rodeo queen she was rodeo queen for Oregon and I remember just being like so interested in her because she like would always wear these like wooly chaps and she was like always posting these really cool things and I was like wow she's a badass rodeo queen and um And of course, at that time, I was like, I'm just like this little local rodeo queen that's like not cool enough. And then I don't even know how we like really got connected on social media, but we met in Idaho when I was working. I did something for Idaho Cattlemen's and she was there for, I think, Western Ag Reporter. And um, that's when we first met. And then ever since then, like we've been so close. We text each other all the time and gossip and um we were actually working on a podcast together but then our lives both got so busy well okay so that reminds me of my friend um Sophia who runs the western shop specialist she's been a guest on here a couple times she reached out to me uh like in November and was like hey I want to come on your podcast and I was like okay cool and uh since that first time she came on as a guest I don't think there's been a single day where we haven't that's cool it's how like you're able to yeah make friends with the people that you're you know interviewing on here and chatting with so it is a great way to network it is and then I'm just like okay and I learn it's like the best way to learn is to get somebody on and be like okay tell me about your whole entire (laughs) life (laughs) it's kind of it it almost takes the pressure off of it. I think a lot, like, especially for someone like me who gets anxiety about things like this. Um, it helps to just connect in this sense, like a first time meeting, I think it's good to meet on a podcast because then when you meet in person, you have more of a background and then you can actually like, feel like you can hold the conversation better. But, um, I was saying, asking if you, no, 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 it's okay. Like it's, I'm totally fine with tangents because I do it all the time, but um Katie is a Slytherin too and she's literally the most amazing woman I know so yeah Slytherins um they're cool but you also co-own I think it's called Cal Ag today is that right um do you have a specific question on that or you want me just to talk about them talk about so it's California Ag today it's just a it's pretty much a, a media outlet it's um I co-own it in a very general loose sense of the word um, or the term. I I manage our social media for the most part. Um, and the other person who owns it, his name's Patrick Cavanaugh, and he, has, he founded it. And um, he pretty much interviews. He has a, a podcast. He did some radio shows for a while. And he's just interviewing people in California ag industry and talking about current events or talking about, you know, new products that companies are launching. And it's just pretty much his way of, um, you know, getting news out there about what's going on in California's ag industry, because obviously it's a huge industry. And um, 
Well, he, it was actually last summer, I think, um, I had reached out to him because he was searching for someone to help him with the page. And I reached out to him and I said, you know, I would love to um, help you with this. You know, I'm a freelance writer and do social media and things like that. And so we talked for a little while and he, um, he's an older man and he was like, you know, I, I would really like to maybe talk to you more about you taking over this page when I retire. And, um, I said, sure, that would be really awesome. And he said, well, you know, what I would like for you to do is, you know, you'll handle all this stuff right now. You'll co-own it with me. And then once I am ready to step away, you're going to take it over. And he's like, this will give you time to kind of learn the ropes, learn everything about it. And then, you know, be able to kind of jump right into it. So that's kind of how I ended up there. It was definitely by accident. And it's just more of like my, I guess you could call it passion project. Um, you know, cause I'm not, um, I, I get paid for it, but not a lot. So it's kind of, it's one of those things like all people want to ask me about it a lot. And so I, I answer the question, but it's not really anything like that. It's not like I founded it and like created this amazing media, um, platform. I just kind of jumped in at the right time and, you know, have kind of developed a relationship with this person and, it's just, I think it's a good way to show people that, hey, if you just reach out to people, you'll have opportunities that you would never have had if you just waited for people to come to you. I really love that with like millennials and Gen Z, everyone seems to be very, very into like collaborating and connecting and we're all like that we are all in this together mm-hmm. type community rather than like, I'm over here on my ranch right. and fuck yeah. everybody. Well, and like- being, you know, a beginner in the industry, like I've definitely asked questions of, which you never should on Facebook, but I've asked questions of people in groups and you get these old crotchety people who are like, don't do it. Or, oh my gosh, typical millennial, like all these things that are so negative. And you're like, if you could just help me out, we could be so much further along in this industry. And, you know, be more effective but you know sometimes there are different personality types you know there are people that are really great about it and then other people who are not so great about it and I want to be one of those people that's like great about it it's for sure interesting to start seeing like the shift as like our generation starts getting I mean we're already you know the youngest millennials are 25 I think this year or 26 this year so they're you know well into adulthood but coming into I think like in agriculture there's a lot of the times there's so much capital that has to go into it it takes a little bit longer if that's what you're getting into yeah it's there are a lot of barriers to entry and negative people make it even harder (laughs) oh for sure okay so of everything you've done like in your whole entire life what are you the most proud um I would say graduating college because I definitely, well, I, I was the first one from my family and my immediate family that did. And there was a time when I thought for sure I was never going to. So that was like being able to walk on the stage was just so cool because I never thought I would have gotten there. And so for a lot of people, I think that's just a, you know, another part of life. And that's, you know, what, you know, was expected. And for me, it was never something that 
I thought I was going to be able to do. So yeah, that's, I think that's my proudest right now. (laughs) That's awesome. Like for me, I know there was never, ever any question if I was going to college and I was going straight through and I was graduating in the years since I've graduated, like it's six years this year since I graduated. And in the year since then, I've realized like what a blessing, like it truly was to be able to get that type of an education and to be relatively carefree while I was in college, aside from the pressure from the family to continue in college, even when I didn't know what I wanted to do. But it's like, looking back, I'm like, okay, that was like, really like a blessing. Where did you go to school? Um, I went to Nevada in Reno. Um, If you were to give a piece of advice to someone who wants to start advocating or wants to be the new meme queen, uh, what advice would you give? I would say, one, figure out how you're different. Figure out how you're unique. Don't try. I spent so many years trying to fit into this industry and trying to blend in, and that only hurt me. When I realized what my niche was, what made me unique, what, you know, really spoke to my heart, um, that's when I found more success um, because I was able to develop something that not many people got to see on their newsfeed prior to that. And so I think that that's my one piece of advice. My, My other piece of advice would be just don't give up. Even if you have days or a year like I did where you don't do anything, some figure out a way to get back to it eventually. Whatever sparks you, don't feel like, you know, you have to just put it away forever. Just step away for as long as you need and come back to it because sometimes it, it just takes that time to be able to refresh. I feel like it's important that people just kind of realize there's space yes. for everybody. Yes. And Sometimes in social media, it feels like there isn't because you're just always seeing the same people, you know, get more following or, you know, um, grow or have more likes and things like that. And so sometimes you can get discouraged because you're only seeing that view of it. But when you just keep going and you figure out like, you know, what your messaging is or what, you know, really sticks out to you and what you want to see on your feed. Um, it helps you kind of realize that, yeah, there are people who like this stuff, um, you know, and, and they're going to like it even if there, there are a billion people posting the same thing. They're just going to like it and there's room for everyone. I agree. Very last thing. Where can people find they you? They can find me on Instagram and Facebook like we said earlier on Girls Eat Beef too. Um, if they wanted to follow me personally, my Facebook and Instagram are Marky Hagman. Perfect. And then, um, oh, I wanted to ask you about your clubhouse. Do you, Are you going to host um, yes. talks and stuff? Yes. Um, I say that after I've missed two different chats because I forgot to put them on my calendar. But um Yes, I do. My next one I plan to have is actually about activists and how to handle an attack on your social media page. Um, Because I just recently experienced that the day after I got engaged. And um, I struggled with it because I while I had had confrontations on pages before, 
I had never experienced it in this volume. And because I was working and I had a big interview right after work and then I had class, I was literally not able to um, uh, manage it. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, now I've learned a lot of what to do and how to handle it. And um, so now I'm, I'm wanting to share that with everyone else. So that way they know what to handle or, you know, how to handle it when it happens. So don't know when that's going to happen for sure, just because the next few weeks I'm busy with um, <laughs> wedding stuff and, um, you know, house stuff that we're doing. But yes, I do plan on having that within the next few weeks. And then um, I kind of just intermittently like having chats. I, it's not something that I have a lot of time for, unfortunately, but whenever I find some inspiration, I like to host a chat. So definitely if anyone's on Clubhouse, they can follow me on Clubhouse, which is, you know, Marky Higgman or the Girls Eat Beef 2 has a clubhouse uh, or its own club in Clubhouse. I don't know. Perfect. And then just so everybody knows, um, two, like T-O-O, yes, yeah. not like well, I, I do have an acronym for the page, which is G-E-B-2. But yes, like spelling it out is T-O-O. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.